History is rife with cases of murder that remain unsolved even to this day. Their stories ignite a morbid curiosity in us, as their eerie mysteries are both intriguing and terrifying. Tales so macabre, you'd think they're made up, but alas, these blood-curdling tales are all real, which makes them all the more petrifying. And I have a few here, at the very least, I'm sure you've never even heard of. Here are the top five most mysterious unsolved deaths ever. Number five, the murder of Betsy Ardsma. The case of Betty Ardsma remains one of the most haunting mysteries in the world of true crime, and her story is a tale of an ordinary day turned tragic, leaving behind a trail of questions unanswered and a mysterious killer at large. On the fateful day of November 28, 1969, it was a Thanksgiving holiday. While most students were away celebrating with their families, Betsy, a dedicated graduate student at Penn State University, decided to stay and work on her pending coursework. But sometimes, not taking a break and being too dedicated can lead to an enduring unsolved mystery. Her afternoon trip to the Patty and Paternal Library on campus of all places would be her last. Witnesses recounted hearing the unexpected sound of books falling. In the silence of the library, the noise was startling, but what happened next turned a serene afternoon into a total scene of chaos. Two unidentified men ran towards the desk clerk, hollering about a girl needing help in aisle 51. Moments later, they disappeared, never to be seen or identified again. The first responders found Ardsma lying unconscious with the initial assumption suggesting a fall or a seizure had occurred. Immediate first aid was given, including mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. She still wasn't responding, though. As the clock ticked towards 5 p.m., the Penn University student was hastily transported to a nearby on-campus hospital and was there, amongst the sterile hospital walls, that Betsy Ardsma was pronounced dead. Investigator Mike Simmers, an undercover Pennsylvania State Police officer working on campus, was called in. To his surprise, he found the library scene strangely untouched. Students were nonchalantly milling around as though nothing had occurred. The gravity of the situation, however, became clearer when he arrived at the hospital. Because what initially seemed to be a case of natural causes turned into a chilling homicide investigation. Betsy had not succumbed to an injury from a fall or seizure, as initially thought. She was the victim of a stealthy, calculated attack. A concealed, perfectly executed stab wound was the cause of her death. The autopsy report painted a grim picture. Betsy had been stabbed once in her left breast. A diminutive, inch-wide wound had plunged three inches into her chest, hitting her pulmonary artery. Blood rapidly filled her lungs, preventing her from screaming or calling for help. One of the major hindrances in the initial assessment of her injuries was the red dress Betsy was wearing on that day. The deep crimson concealed any sign of blood masking the severity of the wound. It was such an inconspicuous attack that even the first responders had missed the crucial piece of evidence. 
The mysterious murder left the police scrambling for leads. After all, who would assassinate a young college student in such a stealthy way in the campus library and why? Hundreds of students were interrogated, with investigators stretching from the Penn State campus to the far reaches of Betsy's home state, Michigan. Yet every lead hit a dead end, and the identity of the killer remained elusive. Various theories were posited to explain the horrifying crime. One popular belief suggested a scorned lover turned killer who was unable to handle the rejection. Another pointed towards the infamous serial killer Ted Bundy, who was rumored to be in the vicinity during the time of the murder. The precision of the stab, perhaps just a stroke of luck. Despite countless hours of investigations, dozens of interviews, and nearly half a century passed, the gruesome murder of Betsy Ardsma remains unsolved. Number 4. Ricky McCormick Born and raised in St. Charles County, Missouri, Ricky McCormick was a man living an unremarkable life. Diagnosed with mental health issues from a young age, he was a high school dropout who found it difficult to secure steady employment, instead managing to get by with menial jobs and meager earnings. However, his seemingly ordinary life was brutally cut short when his lifeless body was found in a cornfield near West Alta, Missouri, on the 30th of June of 1999. A woman was driving near Route 367 when she noticed something unusual off the side of the road, and it was McCormick. He was 20 miles from home and didn't know anyone out there, so it appeared he was placed there by someone. A fellow gas station employee saw Ricky three days prior, and he was the last person to see the man alive. Ricky was known to dabble in marijuana dealing as a side hustle, but it was low level, so in other words, not something he'd be killed over. The autopsy revealed that the 41-year-old had been murdered, but the exact cause of his death couldn't be ascertained due to the body's advanced state of decomposition as it had laid for three days in the hot summer sun. The mystery surrounding his death took a very interesting turn then, when investigators found two cryptic notes in the victim's pockets. These notes, filled with a bewildering combination of letters, numbers, and symbols, confounded everyone who tried to understand them. Despite the expertise of the FBI's cryptanalysis and racketeering records unit, even the finest minds and code-breaking were left scratching their heads by the peculiar codes. In an uncharacteristic admission, federal investigators acknowledged the immense challenge that McCormick's code posed, a complexity that was unprecedented in their experience. The tragic irony was that McCormick, the one person who might have been able to decipher the notes, was no longer alive to do so. The investigators' quest for answers grew more desperate. They took the drastic step of releasing the notes to the public in 2011, hoping that the collective intelligence of the world might succeed where they had failed. As news of the baffling notes spread across the internet, theories proliferated. Some suggested that the notes could be nothing more than a cryptic reminder of McCormick's medication schedule. 
However, this theory was met with skepticism by those who knew the man, as his mental health issues had severely affected his literacy. Adding another layer of intrigue to the mystery, some started to believe that these codes might hold information about the identity or motives of the killer. Still, others speculated that the notes might not be related to the murder at all, or simply personal musings of McCormick's that we may never fully understand. The police looked seriously into a possible suspect named Gregory Lamar Knox because he was a well-known drug dealer in Ricky's neighborhood. He was a suspect in four other murders in the area, in fact, and an informant implicated Knox, telling authorities that the man said he had killed a gas station attendant. So, police tried to connect him to Ricky's killing, but ultimately, there just wasn't enough evidence. Despite the passage of more than two decades, the mystery of McCormick's death and the cryptic codes remains unsolved. Experts continue their efforts to crack the cipher, clinging on to the hope that one day they might unearth the truth hidden in the jumbled characters. But for now, the code and who killed McCormick remains a mystery that refuses to be solved. Number 3. Bob Crane In the world of entertainment, the stars shine brightly for everyone to see. But just like stars in the cosmos, some of them are destined to burn out far too soon. And this is the chilling tale of Bob Crane, an American actor and TV host, known and adored by many for his role as Colonel Robert Hogan in the celebrated 1960s TV series, Hogan's Heroes. Crane's life and career would take a sinister turn, though plunging him into a world of sex, secrecy, and ultimately, murder. On June 29, 1978, Victoria Berry, Crane's co-star, embarked on what she thought would be a routine visit to Crane's abode at the Winfield Apartments in Scottsdale, Arizona. They were supposed to discuss a self-produced play Crane was involved in called Beginner's Luck, currently running at the Windmill Theater. Instead, though, Victoria stumbled upon a horrifying spectacle. Crane's body, a 49-year-old actor laying there on the ground with an electrical cord bound tightly around his neck. His face was battered beyond recognition, the result of numerous violent blows that he had sustained. It quickly became clear that Crane had been mercilessly bludgeoned to death, his apartment a canvas of blood-soaked walls, ceiling, and floor. Despite a rigorous investigation, the murder weapon was never located. However, based on the injuries Crane sustained, the police speculated that a camera tripod could have been the lethal tool used in this macabre act. But why a camera tripod? That's where the investigation took an even darker, twisted turn. Bob Crane, as it turned out, led a clandestine life of sexual escapades, many of which were recorded on videotape, and his accomplice in these illicit activities was a close friend, John Carpenter. This discovery piqued the interest of investigators, setting their sights on Carpenter as a potential suspect. In an even more bizarre twist, authorities found blood in Carpenter's car that matched Crane's blood type, but due to the limitations of forensic DNA technology in the late 70s, they couldn't definitely confirm whether it was Crane's blood. 
Carpenter ultimately evaded charges and Crane's murder became a cold case unsolved mystery. That was until 1990 when a fresh set of eyes from the county police department decided to revisit the case and made a shocking discovery. Unearth it among all the files and evidence was a photograph of what appeared to show brain tissue in Carpenter's car. This newfound evidence reignited the case, prompting authorities to arrest Carpenter in June of 92 and charging him with Crane's murder. But the defense's argument was compelling, claiming that the evidence was not strong enough to lead to a conviction. After all, it was a picture. A judgment was handed down by an Arizona judge ruling that despite the evidence presented, it fell short of what was required to secure a conviction. Carpenter was acquitted of all charges and maintained his innocence until his death in 1998. The murder of Bob Crane once again became an enigma, a star extinguished too soon, and a mystery that haunts Hollywood's history to this day. Number 2. Pamela Werner In the shadows of the bustling metropolis of 1937 Peking, with the smoke of looming war mingled with the fog of fear, a chilling crime would confound investigators for decades. A crime so haunting, so gruesome, that it rocked the city's foreign community to its core and sent shockwaves of horror across the globe. This is the tale of the murder of Pamela Warner. As dawn broke on the bitter winter morning of January 8, 1937, Rickshaw pullers made a shocking discovery. In a deserted ditch skirting the historic city walls lay the lifeless body of Pamela, a 19-year-old British woman. The case immediately sparked a frenzied investigation. The local police, confronted with a twisted puzzle of violence and terror, initially wanted to write it off as a suicide to keep things quiet, but the savage injuries inflicted were too glaring. Upon closer inspection, authorities discovered the young woman's skull was gruesomely fractured, her body horrifically beaten and marred by a series of deep, vicious stab wounds. Yet the horror didn't end there, as Pamela's heart had been ripped from her chest. The ensuing autopsy report unveiled even more terrifying details. The young woman's heart had been cruelly torn from the body, the ribs protecting the organ shattered by considerable force. But that wasn't all, as the teenager's other organs had been removed, only with an alarming level of surgical precision. This grim evidence painted a picture of a methodical monster. The attacker, it seemed, had a specific knowledge or skill set, suggesting a potential surgeon, butcher, or hunter. Moreover, the reckless extraction of Pamela's heart, when compared to everything else, implied a potential interruption during the brutal act. So, did somebody witness it? Investigators theorized that Pamela had been killed and mutilated elsewhere before her body was discarded in the lonely ditch. And driven by a desperate need for justice, Edward Warner, Pamela's adoptive father, threw himself into the investigation. Using his diplomatic influence, he began to gather evidence, interrogate witnesses, and follow leads, often to the irritation of local law enforcement. 
His determined quest unearthed a web of suspicious individuals, predominantly foreign nationals, an Italian doctor for one, known for his unusual fascination with human anatomy, an American dentist practicing in China, the trail was twisted and murky. Public speculation mounted, some pointing fingers at the Chinese, convinced that such a heinous act could not be committed by a Westerner. As the conflict between China and Japan escalated, Peking became a chaotic battleground and Warner's relentless pursuit for justice was inevitably hindered. Amid the screams of war and the fight for survival, the unsolved mystery of Pamela's murder gradually faded onto the dusty shelves of forgotten crimes. And so, the true identity of Pamela Warner's killer remained shrouded in the mist of time today. Number 1. Olaf Palm In the shadowy corridors of global power, where the ever-shifting dynamics of international politics are forged, there lies an unsettling truth. Sometimes those who dare to speak up and challenge the status quo find themselves on the receiving end of brutal consequences. Such may have been the case with the tragic assassination of Olaf Palm, the former Prime Minister of Sweden. Born into a privileged background, Olaf's young mind was... Nevertheless, cognizant of the harsh realities that punctuated the global landscape, racism, poverty, inequality, and the grim specter of neo-colonialism. On October 14, 1969, under the reign of King Gustav VI Adolf, Palm took the mantle of Sweden's Prime Minister, with his tenure marked by his staunch criticism against imperialism and authoritarian regimes a stance that garnered him much attention and likely many enemies. His candid views, especially those involving the U.S., ruffled many feathers, causing a distinct tension in the relations between Sweden and the U.S., which many believe may have been the cause of his untimely demise, although the actual truth remains shrouded in mystery. On the night of February 28, 1986, Palm and his wife, Lisbeth Beck, were walking home from a movie theater, and without warning, they were ambushed by an unknown assailant. Panic spread as the bullets from a 357 Magnum hit their intended targets, leaving the 59-year-old leader fatally wounded and his wife injured. The news of the assassination ricocheted across Sweden, and a massive investigation was set into motion one of the largest in the country's history. Despite various theories swirling around the killing, everything from potential CIA involvement to Russian KGB interference, concrete evidence remained elusive. There were, however, approximately 20 witnesses to the crime, though because it was night and their distance from the actual shooting, their accounts varied on who the perpetrator was. He was described to be of medium height, wearing a blue or black coat and some sort of hat. Some said it was a rolled-up knitted cap, others said it had ear flaps. They wanted to catch someone, and Christopher Peterson, a petty thief and drug peddler, was arrested soon after and quickly convicted for Palm's murder. However, due to the lack of substantial evidence, his conviction was overturned. 
The case went cold, and the mystery of who murdered Olaf Palm lingered. But then, more than three decades later in 2020, a semi-breakthrough in the case happened. Lead prosecutor in charge of the case, Christopher Peterson, stated on June 10th that, despite no concrete evidence, a man named Stig Engstrom, long treated as a mere witness, was most likely the one who committed the murder. Engstrom, a graphic designer by trade, worked nearby and his accounts of what he saw that night were inconsistent and his stories changed to the point that in one account, he witnessed the murder and then went home. Another account, he went back to work to let the security guards know the Prime Minister had been shot. And still in another, he actually tried to save the Prime Minister, even sharing words with his wife, Lisbeth. Also, on that night, He was wearing a dark coat and a hat with ear flaps, like many witnesses saw, and then, just 16 days after Prosecutor Peterson named him as the prime suspect in 2000, Stig exited this earth by his own hands at the age of 66. In a world where speaking out against oppression and injustice can lead to deadly consequences, the story of Olaf Palm makes you wonder if it was done by a crazy person, or were there other governments involved. So there were the top five most mysterious unsolved deaths ever. Hope you enjoyed it, and if you're craving more true crime podcasts from us, remember to check out the Everytown Podcast, where we dive deeper into some of the strangest cases the Earth has ever known. For exclusive content, go check out our Scary Mysteries Patreon page at patreon.com slash scarymysteries. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Stay safe out there. I'll see you guys soon.